Good morning, church. It's good to see you all this morning. Hope you've had a great week. Let's start the morning off with a song. Bless the Lord of oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name, the sun comes up, it's a it's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Lord of my soul Like never 
Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for waking us up this morning. No matter what we're going through, we can be thankful that we have made it to a place where we can just share a time focusing on who you are. Praising you because you're worthy of it. No matter what's going on in our lives, we can, we can still acknowledge who you are and that you're worthy of praise. So thank you for just for bringing everyone here, God, and just bless those who aren't this morning, Lauren and Ryan and family. And God, just bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can a person stop a wave? Could you stand on the shore and stop a wave from crashing? climate change can't destroy? What are those parts of us that are so deep that no storm can take them away? a trailer for the film that we're going to screen in August called How to Let Go of the World and ha Love All the Things That Climate Can't Change. And it's a film about climate change and it focuses on a lot on indigenous communities who are absolutely in threat of losing space and land because of climate change and their unique perspectives on how they engage with that reality. So it's a really good film. Um, we're really hoping to spread the word really wide and have more people show up because we want to be able to continue doing events like that. So if you know people who are into ecology or like movies, please make sure you let them know about it. And that is August 12th in the evening and we have some really cool panel people who are working in the area of um, climate justice in some key local communities and broad national communities. Are they international too? Uh, I think that's the okay. So they're local, national, and with the potential for broad international. Um, Ryan Pryor and Ryan Brown went to a summit on climate change here in LA last week, and that's where they connected with some of these people. So that's really awesome that we got this opportunity and they got to meet people and do that. Um, and you're probably wondering where Ryan is and Christine are. They are in the very hot, sticky place of Indianapolis for the <laughs> Disciples of Christ National Conference. 
Um, and I got a picture from Rain yesterday that there's a lot of like child pageantry going on too. Um, so they're having the fun intersectionality of church culture and culture culture and crazy culture. Um, but I don't know if anybody saw the Facebook, but they actually got to hear um, William Barber speak, who is the key um, pastor, who I think is part of the NAACP in North Carolina, who has been doing a thing for the last two years called Moral Mondays, and they go to the government and they challenge them to be engaged in the justice and the work of the church. And so um, they got to see Bar William Barber speak. Ryan and Christine and I next weekend are going to a conference called the Wild Goose Conference, and we're going to also hear him speak. So that's really exciting and awesome. Um, but because they are gone at the national conference, there are no coffee hours, house hours on Monday. Um, so you can go to Starbucks on your own, but Ryan won't be there if you have a pressing issue of pastoral care or anything like that, feel free to contact me. I'll be up here on Monday and Tuesday. Nobody's going to be in the office on Wednesday and Thursday, and then Ryan will be out back on Friday. So if you have any pastoral concerns, shoot me a text or shoot Ryan a text. He'll try to communicate with you, but he is in Indianapolis on a crazy schedule. So I'm sure he'll get back to you, but just FYI. Um, if you are interested in still participating in the family cookbook that we did a couple weeks ago with the meal with Jessica Perez, that's also going to be our directory. So please send pictures or any information you want us to have um, for that. If you haven't sent us any information, if you turn to, oh, it's not on here. Well, normally, oh wait, no, they're in the back. So if you go to the back table behind you on this side underneath the sign that says Mission Hills Christian Church, there's a lot of paraphernalia back there. Back there is a, a card for your information. So if you have any like updated cell information or apart in apartment housing information, if you want us to have your birthday, or your anniversary, or any important information like that, please fill out one of those cards, put it in the joy boxes that are on the wall, and we're compiling that to make our family cookbook slash directory. And if you want to submit a meal for the family cookbook, you can do that up until the end of July. So just email me. It's on, it's the church email address, mhccmail at gmail.com. And I think that's in here. Um, or it's on our website. So there's that. Um, we are also doing the, another food truck night at the end of the month on July 29th. So everybody who went to that last time, did you enjoy yourselves? Was it good food? Um, so we have four trucks, uh, three trucks and a hot dog cart. Um, so there's going to be a diversity of food. We're also going to have classic cars. Um, so there'll be a bunch of really cool classic cars in the parking lot. That is July 29th, which is a Saturday from 4 to 8. It is free, minus your food. We unfortunately cannot buy everybody food for that event. But most of the meals are like under $10. So if you, have, if you can do about 10 bucks for that event, you'll be able to have some really awesome good food. Um, and then just ongoing stuff, we're looking into doing a youth volunteer project the beginning of August. We're looking at August 5th date, so just keep your ear out for that when Christine gets back. Also, we always need people to do communion. Communion meditations do not have to be super deep theologically 
or super detailed. They can just be a story from your history about community, about um, sharing, about connection with other people, um, anything like that. So it doesn't have to feel like this overwhelming thing. And if you're really, really nervous about writing your own words, as I told Laura, I will print out the historical words of people who have written about communion throughout church history and have those for anybody who wants to do a communion meditation but doesn't feel comfortable writing their own. So all you have to do is tell me and I will print it out and we'll get you on the schedule. So it's really, really easy. You just have to be willing to speak on mic and it's not that hard because there's like maybe 30 people here. So even if you have stage fright, it shouldn't be that big a deal. Um, and then when we have children here, we always need help in the nursery. So if you're interested in doing that at all, please contact me or Ryan or Christine. Um, and then finally, as I mentioned, you can put your information cards in the joy boxes, but you can also put any kind of money that you wanna give towards the work we're doing here at the church. We don't generally take time out of our service to ask for money because we don't feel like that's something that we wanna take away from worship from, but we also need money to help pay for the air conditioning when it's going to be 114 like it was on Friday. And we need money to help pay to cover some of the costs for the community outreach, like the garden and the food truck night and things like that. So if you feel like you wanna participate in that, you can put money in those boxes whenever dur during the service or after the service or before the service. And if there's something specific like the garden that you're super passionate about, just write that, that there's little envelopes and you can put, I want this to go to Gardner, I want this to go to the food truck night, or I want this to go to the film screening. And we absolutely honor that and have that broken down in the way we do finances. So that's the spiel. Every stand up, say hello to somebody and get some coffee, and then we're gonna sing some more songs.
God is so sing together you give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken great are you again you give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken and great are you your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath And great are 
the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light Darkness tries to hide And trembles at his voice And trembles at his voice How great is our God Sing with me how great is our God And all will see how great How great is our God And age to age he stands Time is in his end Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one. Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God. God, and all will see how great, how great is our God, how great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Sing name above all names. You're the name above all names. Worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great.
Okay, so now is the time in our service order where we take prayer requests, and we firmly believe in the power of prayer and the power of communal conversation about things and addressing things. So um, if you have prayer requests, just raise your hand. Um, we're going to start off with there is a card going around, and that is for, Laura has it, that's for Carlos, who's our caretaker, and he has cancer returning. So that's a thank you card for, or a get well, we're thinking about you card for him. Um, and so anybody who hasn't signed the card, right? Um, and that's something that is currently, cancer is currently a thing that's kind of hitting pockets of our community right now. So just be mindful of that. I know last week we signed a card for Larry Brown who has a brain tumor and um, they're, they were doing biopsies this week and as far as I know they haven't gotten information back as to what exactly is going on, if that's benign or if that's malignant. But um, so that's Larry and Cindy Brown are people who we also want to keep in prayer because of cancer or the threat of cancer. Laura. I think so. There was an email that went out on Friday from Ryan, and if you didn't get that, I can pull it up after church and give you the information. Um, does anybody else have any prayer requests or anything that they want us to kind of be mindful of? Philip? So we're going to thank God and pray for the people who um, decided to give Philip some money yesterday, which is always a blessing. Yeah. Jenny. You need a car? Craig needs a car, so we're going to pray that somehow through our networks and through God's provision, we will find a car for Craig. Um, Rose. Okay. 
tension. Yay. for her. Okay, so um, we're going to pray for Kristen's metastasized cancer and just the toll that's taking on her body in regard to that and the root causes of cancer. Um, and then for those who don't know, Justin is Laura's son, and he's in rehab, so the fact that he... Rose's son, sorry. Who did I say? Sorry. <laughs> brain fart. The heat is uh, doing weird things to my brain. Um so Rose's son, Justin, is in rehab, and so the fact that he's meeting with the sponsor is a really big, huge, yay prayer request. So um, we want to keep that going because we ultimately want Justin to feel like he can function in the world as a human, and sometimes you need other people to help you do that. Um, does anybody else have any prayer requests or praises? I know we've been praying for my cousin who has a brain tumor, and they're pretty sure that that's benign or being treated, so that's awesome. She does not have a three-month death sentence, which is really amazing, because she's only 40-something. Um, Jenny. And correct me if I'm wrong, but healthcare is going to go for a vote again um, at the next session. So that's something we should just all be mindful of because, contrary to what certain news organizations have to say, if you read the bill, <laughs> it is very detrimental for most people. So that's something that we want to be conscientious of as well. Okay, so last call.
great, Natalie. Okay. Any anything else? I'm sure there's many other things. We're gonna chalk those up to silent prayers that we're gonna throw up in general. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. On it. Um, so last call. Okay, we're going to pray. So if you want to get in a prayer position that's comfortable for you, for some people that's bowing their heads, for some people that's kneeling on the ground, whatever's most comfortable, just get yourself to a space where you feel meditative, and we're going to pray. Dear God, we come before you with praises and requests, um, and we feel at times joyous and thankful for the wonderful blessings that we have and the faces of provision and unexpected wonder, and we grieve and we beg and we cry and we're confused about the spaces where we feel like nothing's being done or there's no redemption. And often we're caught in the middle between the space of being people who have been blessed and people who feel like they are cursed. So we come before you with all of these things, with the state of being a human, which is to be in that intersectional space of blessing and curse. And we ask you to show up and to help us see you showing up. Because sometimes when you show up, it doesn't look like we expect. Um, when you showed up in the form of Christ, you showed up as a baby, a marginalized baby by an oppressed people. So we ask that you give us eyes to see that kind of showing up, as well as the wonder of things like an ark that holds animals and floats on the water, or rainbows, or the restoration of a whole people. So in regard to that, we lift up Carlos and the return of his cancer, and we ask that you once again stay this thing that is not natural and not meant to be and a malformation in his body. And we ask the same for Larry and Cindy Brown as Larry is going through the awareness of this tumor. Um, we thank you for the couple who gave Philip money, even out of his insistence that he didn't need it or want it. Those are wonderful blessings, and we thank you for that. We lift up Craig's need for a car, and we just ask that through our various creativity and resources and the wisdom that you have implanted in us, that we find a solution to that that works for Craig and works for everyone else involved. We lift up Joe and the various struggles that he's going through and the conflicts that he's having with Carlos, among other people. And we ask for creative, good, lasting solutions that you help us have wisdom and discernment, not only for the immediate issues, but for long term, that whatever solutions we come up with will be beneficial throughout Joe's life and not things that create greater tensions or harm for him. We are so thankful for Justin. We are so thankful that Justin is able to connect with a sponsor and is working towards his health, not because of anybody else, but because of his desire to do that for himself. We lift up Kristen and her stage four lung cancer that is metastasized. This is once again a malformation in her body. And we ask that you, in spite of what it looks like, show up. And if it is possible that you heal and engage with her body, we lift up Dan and his stroke and the coma he's in. We are thankful that his eyes are responding, that is something is moving in his body, but we also ask 
that you find ways to show up for the family and relieve the financial stress. Medical stresses are so financially stressful. They are second only to student debt, and we ask that you relieve that tension for them, that you have a community that shows up and offers $5 here and a dollar there, and that will relieve that huge overwhelming burden. And we ask for a single-payer health insurance for the state and the country that in spite of people's desires to harm for the sake of money or freedom, that in the end, justice will reign. And in the end, healthcare as justice will reign. We beg and ask and seek and plead for that, God. We ask that we are people who are aware of the dignity of all humans. And we lift up Natalie's friend Casey as she is struggling, and we ask that you are present in that with her and that you surround her with people who can sit in that with her and when she's ready, help her move forward. And that they will be protectors and, and people that just can sit in it. Because it, sometimes it's, it's the hardest thing just to sit with somebody in the space where they are. And we lift up the G20 Summit and all of the world leaders, even those who we are vehemently angry with, vehemently mad with, that you work a great movement in their hearts and that even those who we think are beyond redemption can find some semblance of redemption, that you can break down barriers because you are a God who breaks down barriers. We lift up all of these things that we have said and all of the things that we can't say up to you and we trust that you are working good works and that you are working for the redemption of all things and all places and all people. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning church family. During this worship time, we desire the Lord to work in our hearts and in the hearts of those around us. We want nothing to hinder his work of transformation. As we approach the Lord's table, we bring our faults and our failures, our sins and our shortcomings, and we lay them at his feet. We do this not only with a repentant desire for cleansing, but also as an invitation for him to work through us unhindered. We, we enter into this sacred uh, space sharing the feelings of Isaiah who cried, woe is me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. Only after Isaiah confessed his need for cleansing did he hear the Lord say, Who will go for us? Isaiah responded, Here I am, send me. The psalmist also reminds us of this truth. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my inequity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Being forgiven, we give our gratitude to the Lord by serving and lifting up others who need help. 
We can then say, as Isaiah said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and to comfort all who mourn. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you at this communion table. We confess our sins and ask you to cleanse us and to help us show our gratitude to you by loving, caring, and forgiving others as you have forgiven us. Amen.
I never got that kind of reception. <laughs> Thank you, Andros, for being with us this morning and for leading us with your beautiful, beautiful talent. Everlasting, man, what a classic. Just so many, so many things in there. Well, my name is Ryan. It's nice to see you all this morning. Uh, I'm pleasure uh, to lead worship. Uh, I've led worship here before, and today I'm going to uh, speak with you guys about some, some things that are uh, passionate to me. Um, but before we get started, I would like to lead us in a scripture reading exercise, one of my favorites. Um, it's from our passage today. So I would just invite you guys now just to, to get comfortable. What we're going to do is uh, I'm going to read this passage three separate times. And what I would like you to do while I'm reading this passage is just reflect on it. Um, when you hear it the first time, uh, maybe just try to experience just listening to Scripture, uh, not really trying to maybe place yourself in the words or focus too much on one verse or, oh yeah, this is really familiar, I've heard this before, but just try to listen to the words. And I'll give you about 30 seconds or so to reflect, and then I'll begin to read it again. And the second time, just try to be a little bit more intentional when you're listening to the words. Um, do your best to keep any distractions out of your mind, and just try to let these words uh, just sink into your mind. And I'll give you, again, about 30 seconds to reflect on that. And then I'll read it one final time. And this final time, I again just want to invite you just to allow the words to wash over you because there's not many times where you are able to sit quietly alone with uh, maybe or with some people and have someone read scripture to you and, and just kind of reflect on it. Usually when we're engaging with scripture, we're doing it, you know, personally, and so we, we're not able to uh, experience some of the things that hopefully we'll experience when we, when we read this together. So, so we'll just begin our time. I would like to invite you just to get comfortable in your seat. And I'll read this scripture for us, then we'll begin to, uh, we'll begin to reflect. So our passage today is uh, going to be from Psalm 145, and I'll be reading verses 8 through 14. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, very patient and full of love. The Lord is good to everyone and everything. God's compassion extends to all his handiwork. All that you have made give thanks to you, Lord. All of your faithful ones bless you. They speak of the glory of your kingdom. They talk about your power to inform all human beings about God's power and majestic glory of God's kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingship that lasts forever. Your rule endures all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all that he says, faithful in all that he does. The Lord supports all who fall down, straightens up all who are bent low. We'll begin again from Psalm 145, verses 8 through 14. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, very patient and full of faithful love. The Lord is good to everyone and everything. God's compassion extends to all his handiwork. All that you have made gives, gives thanks to you, Lord. All of your faithful ones bless you. They speak of the glory of your kingdom. 
They talk about your power to inform all human beings about God's power and the majestic glory of God's kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingship that lasts forever. Your rule endures all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all that he says, faithful in all that he does. The Lord supports all who fall down, straightens up all who are bent low. I'll read the passage now one final time. I'll close this in prayer, and then we'll all join back together. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, very patient and full of faithful love. The Lord is good to everyone and everything. God's compassion extends to all his handiwork. All that you have made gives thanks to you, Lord. All of your faithful ones bless you. They speak of the glory of your kingdom. They talk about your power to inform all human beings about God's power and the majestic glory of God's kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingship that lasts forever. Your rule endures all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all that he says, faithful in all that he does. The Lord supports all who fall down, straightens up all who are bent. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of these words. We thank you for the encouragement that we can glean, and we thank you that we can spend these next few moments together talking about how these words can help inform us to be better human beings and can help improve our communities. We ask these things in your name. Amen. So just really quickly, I would like just a quick show of hands. Um, how many of you felt maybe a sense of joy when, when I was reading that or, or happiness? How about, maybe, how about maybe a sense of peace? You know, a handful, sense of peace, comfort, um, you know, when I do a Lectio Divina reading, part of the reason I, I like to engage with this scripture reading exercise is it allows me to experience scripture differently. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Uh, why reading scripture differently helps, or from a different perspective, helps us to become better informed um, for our communities and helps us engage in scripture in a way that is a little bit more practical than maybe we have been exposed to. Um, growing up in uh, the Christian church, as, I'm, as some of us may have, uh, scripture reading was always something that was encouraged, but I never really understood the benefit of it. What, what's the point of reading scripture? I, I know it's God's inspired text. I know that there's some good parables in there, and there's some encouraging things, and there's some wonderful stories, but what does it actually do? You know, I think that's a question that a lot of us have. And, you know, when I, when I was thinking about this text for myself, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, was, I was placing myself in this text, and I felt all of the things that you guys felt. I felt happy, I felt secure, I felt peaceful, and I thought, well, this is great. Why don't I do this more often, you know? Uh, if I read the Bible and I felt these things every single time, I'm pretty sure I would engage with the text a lot more. And I was wondering, I, the question I asked myself, because it was so easy to jump into this place of security, why, why was it so easy for me to go there? 
what about this, what about my perspective or what about my context is, is preventing me almost from, from seeing maybe what's deeper in this text. So as I read it again, I started to actually not have some of the feelings of safeness and security and happiness. I started to actually have a little bit of doubt. I started to have a little bit of questioning. I started to think, I started to think about these verses, and then I thought, but wait a minute. I just read an article uh, on, from the Chicago Tribune about 100 people who were wounded in gun violence last week, 15 killed, 87 wounded in Chicago. The Lord is merciful and compassionate. I, I get that. I read that. But, but what about these people? And, and then, you know, you, you go to countless other stories and you can read a thousand different things of people who are being con, uh, inflicted with certain injustices and things are happening. And you're like, but wait a minute. The text says the Lord is trustworthy in all that he says, faithful in all that he does. But, but what about where we are now? What about everyday life? What about reality? And so as I was wrestling with these questions, I started to think about how reading the Bible from a different perspective might help me get a little bit closer to answering some of these questions, or at least might help me feel a little bit more comfortable as I'm, as I'm engaging with this text. So I started to think about what are the benefits of reading Scripture differently? What can I gain from taking a different perspective? What might the text inform me if I step outside my context and I start to think about the text from another person's context? And as I was thinking about this, I... You know, I love the, the human brain. I've been uh, listening to some podcasts lately about the human brain and, and hearing from people who are way more educated than I am about how the brain functions, that we have a very unique cerebral system that just runs the whole show. It's in charge of everything. And it's amazing how we have so many different components that are in charge of so many different things work together and work cohesively. And one of the things that uh, these the, these brilliant people were speaking about when they were talking about the brain is how efficient our brain works. And so I started to think about how I've regulated my scripture reading to the efficient part of my brain. I get through it quickly. I know what it says. I know what the words mean. I know what it says to me. I know what I'm looking to gain in when I, when I dive into the text. So already I'm entering reading the scripture, reading the text from my own perspective. I've jumped in with two feet saying, okay, this is how I'm going to read it. This is what I want to get out of it. And while I'm not discounting the power of, you know, filling yourself up through Scripture, if I'm only doing that, I have to ask myself the question, what else am I missing? Or who else am I missing? So when I, when I, was, I got back to the question, do I believe all of these verses? Do I really do I really think that your kingship is a kingship that lasts forever, your rule endures all generations? I have to ask when or how. I mean, I'd have to go through so many other texts to try to feel like I could get a little bit closer to that. And, and the thing that I like about the Psalms is the Psalms are, on the, on the on emotional scale, the Psalms cover really broad emotions. And we, where we are today... With Psalm 145, is, uh, is, is the, the text is centered around a lot of other thankful psalms. So, so this collection of texts we're hearing from the credited author David, and he's feeling very thankful. But we also have to think contextually what's going on. We don't know when this letter was penned. I mean, we can guess. Certain people can guess. We might not be able to guess. Certain people can guess if you care about that thing. When this letter was written, why or what exactly is going on. And I do agree with that. 
But I also want to think he's capturing his emotions here in the moment. He's very, he's feeling all of these things, and, that, and that's, that's great, that's wonderful. But this is also a letter written from a man who, if you read some other psalms, are very bleak, are very not God is compassionate, not the Lord is good to everyone and everything. It's more like, God, um, hello. And, and I think we, 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 could go, we could go on and on about, about how we put this anthropomorphic um, skeleton or this, this anthropomorphic God in a, in, a, in, a, in a picture of our mind, and that's okay. But again, we, we are thinking about from a personal context, we're reading all of these things based on a framework and a perspective that's comfortable for, for us that we've constructed from the day that we, you know, started to develop our consciousness. So I wanted to, when I was getting into this text, I wanted to know what is David telling the reader that might not be the most obvious? And I, I want to know how, how can I get into a part of the text where I can find out what is the text telling me that might not be most obvious? How could I do that? And so as I was reflecting on a way to not make the text obvious, I started to think, how could I pull myself out of my own context? And I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about Saul and his transformation. We know that he was riding, and he was blind for three days. And so I started to think about eyesight. And I have had been born with the gift of sight. I've had sight my whole life. So when, I, when someone says, oh, the grass is very green today, I know exactly what they're talking about. And then I started to think about, well, that's a reality that I've been blessed with, but what about someone who might not have been born with sight? When they say the grass is green, it's only up to their imagination to, to what that comes with. And I thought, oh, man, that is so freeing. It's so freeing to think, okay, when someone's like the grass is green, that can be whatever you want it to be. Well, that was, really, that was something that was really freeing to me, and I thought, okay, so taking that same posture when I read the Bible, if I can take no framework or no context when I dive into a text, I'm left only with my imagination. And then within the text, I can build something that is not isolated or, or kept within some sort of framework, but has no limits and no boundaries. And, and it's in those moments that I think the Holy Spirit will move the most. And I think we find that in those moments of, of creativity, when we feel that sort of spark or that ignition, uh, when we connect with a text, I feel like those are the moments where seeds are being planted, where when we talk about the Holy Spirit talking with us, or, or we talk about the Bible informing us or interacting with us, I think it's in those moments of, of revelation or clarity when we're engaging in the text from a place that is imaginative or exploratory, when those seeds are planted and they start to grow, that's how our perspective starts to change and starts to broaden. And it doesn't happen because we're forcing it to, because we're, we're going through some sort of routine where we're making it happen. We're just allowing our brains these beautiful, magical, imaginative uh, things that we have been blessed with. We're allowing our brains to open up and engage with, with the text in a way that helps us inform more than just the construct that we've been with our whole life, but helps us to think about the, the Bible from a different perspective. So what I was thinking about, what, God, what might David be telling us in this that might not be most obvious? Going back to our text, the Lord is merciful and compassionate, very, faithful, very patient and faithful in love. 
The Lord is good to everyone and everything. God's compassion extends to all his handiwork. I don't think we have to go any further than to see what God's trying to show us right there. That I, what I hear in this is that God embodies these qualities because he is merciful. He is compassionate, very patient, and full of love. And how does this benefit humanity? It's good for everyone and everything. His compassion extends to all his handiwork. What that, what, what that is, is that's the gift of our imagination. That's the gift of us allowing our, our, our love and our understanding of this to then be fruitful for those in our community. We can learn all of this stuff and say, okay, when I'm looking at the Lord is good to everyone and everything, and when we read that verse, if we step if we step into our own perspective, we can think, okay, what does that mean for me? What is God is good to everyone and everything? What does that mean for me? And you, and you can think about that. But then in the same exercise, you can also step out and say, okay, I know what it's good for for me. So the Lord is good to everyone and everything. Well, what might that mean for someone else? And we, the, the beautiful thing about, about this scripture and about studying scripture in a community with a lot of people from different backgrounds is everyone's different um, passions and different uh, understandings and how they view things will all come into play. So not just one thing is focused on. So, so thinking in terms of like social justice and things that are going on right now, if everyone in this room was focused on just one thing, then we would maybe make some efforts in all of that one thing getting done, uh, but we would not be able to make any impact in anything else. So an example would be at this church, we did a film screening a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month ago now, we were, talking about, uh, we were talking about one issue with social justice. We've, we screened Ava DuVarney's 13th and had a panel discussion with some people talking about um, just issues around race and, and, and things that are happening in our, in our society around that, which was great, and, and that was able to provide some information. And the wonderful thing about hearing from those folks was we got firsthand accounts of what it's like to experience a reality that some of us might not be familiar with. And, and to, uh, so it was great that we did that event, but the leadership team here, we all decided that, okay, what's another thing that we can also talk about here? Or maybe what are even more topics that we can talk about? So we want to be diverse in the, in the offerings that we are having because the information we can receive is only going to help us become more informed to some of the cr critical issues that are, uh, that are facing not just us individually, but our communities. So... The thing that I want to kind of just land on and spend the last few minutes talking about is an important aspect of perspective change is making sure that we interact and we hear stories and narratives of people that have different contexts and different backgrounds and different experiences than we do. So there are easy ways to do that, um, but one of the things that I've enjoyed doing and I've tried to spend a little bit more time engaging with are podcasts and blogs. Um, podcasts are, are, are a really unique platform to hear a lot of different voices. I mean, you can hear, every, you can hear anything from, uh, you know, stuff that's really informative, very science-y, uh, super good, and then you can hear everything from that's like, this is totally my opinion, has absolutely nothing to do with whatever, but I just want to get some stuff out there. So you can hear a, a range of voices, and, and fortunately there are a lot of theological podcasts out there, so there's really interesting dialogue that you can listen to with people interacting with texts and saying, you know, I think the text is this, or I think the text is this, and I think the text is this. And I think a lot of times in church we have 
shied away from talking about the text in different perspectives because we like to talk about what our perspective is, which I think is, is great. But we're, at a, we're in a season right now or in, in life where if we are able to interact with different perspectives on the same topics that we're talking about, I, I genuinely feel our perspectives will naturally broaden. And I think that's the goal when I, when I read something like this. I don't want to read this text and put myself right in it and say, the Lord is merciful and compassionate to me. He is very patient to me. I want to say the Lord is merciful and compassionate for us, for our community. He's very patient for us. Maybe very patient with me, but also with us. It's a, it's a with and type, um, type of situation. And I think there's a lot of opportunities where we can interact and we can learn from other people where our, our perspectives, you know, even just through conversations, where our perspectives will become a little bit more open and will become a little bit more um, broadened, I think, into to some of the, to some of the, the issues that are, that are facing our culture today. So as I said, I wanted to talk about what some of the benefits of learning, learning to read scripture differently are. And I think one benefit, just, just so we can kind of be all on the same page, one benefit is, is, uh, is broadening our perspectives so we can, we can be open to hearing from other people and from hearing what other people are experiencing when they read something like this. And when we do that, we are then given more of an opportunity to experience scripture in a more holistic way and maybe figure out how you can read this and you can read all your scripture in a way that engages you, not, with, not for just that moment or for just those takeaways, but for something that will help engage you maybe for a, a, greater, uh, a greater initiative or engage for a longer amount of time. So as I mentioned, we did a film screening um, a couple weeks ago. We do have one coming up that Jesse talked about. And, you know, we, we always want to, well, I guess one thing I'm, I'm really passionate about are providing entry points for people to get involved with certain things and for entry points for people to enter conversations. And what we've created here at Mission Hills are, are a lot of entry points to enter into conversations. And this is a safe space where you can interact with, uh, with different things and different issues and have questions. So... Um, I would encourage you, if you didn't make the last film screening, to come to this one and invite some people who you know who are, invited, who are interested in climate change, or maybe invite people who are climate change doubters. Climate change doubters, that's a, that's a, that's a thing that's, that's going around right now. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but a, a gentleman that I really enjoy on social media, his name's Science Mike, he posted something that were 10 very easy facts to refute that the earth is flat. So, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of narratives that are being spread. And what we can do is, is as, as a church, is we can, we can gather in all this information, we can learn from others, and then we can figure out how the heck we can get involved to help make a difference. Thank you, guys. I'm going to close with prayer, and, uh, and then we'll be ready. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time to talk about Scripture, and we thank you for the opportunity to wrestle with the text in a way that um, may be new and may be uh, challenging, but will hopefully help broaden our perspectives and help us see the world a little bit more holistically. We ask that you be with us for the rest of the day, um, be with us individually and collectively in our community as we move forward. We thank you again for this time. In your name, amen.
This last song is called Forever Rain. Let's sing together. You are good, you are good, when there's nothing good in me. You are love, you are love, on display for all to see. You are light, you are light, when the darkness closes in. You are hope, you are hope, you have covered all my sin. Oh, I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms, the riches of your love.
riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace. Light of the So, as you go forth throughout this hot week, may you approach the week with love for God, embrace of beauty, and living life to the fullest. Um, just a reminder, no coffee house hours this week, but um, go forth, be blessed. If you want to give me your contact information, please do that, and have a good week, and Ryan will be back on Sunday, and the rest of the staff will be in North Carolina in the rain and the heat. So have a good week.
because of what you've done, not because of what.